The Jake Browning era begins on Sunday for the Bengals with Joe Burrow out for the season. Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers is here to break it down. Bengals Steelers at Baycor Stadium. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome into a special Thanksgiving edition here on the Locked On Podcast Network. He's Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. I'm James Rapine of Locked On Bengals. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And thank you so much for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for first deposit match up to $100. And Chris, something tells me the biggest storylines for <laughs> both of these teams have to do with the offense this week going into an AFC North slobber knocker. Both teams trying to keep their playoff hopes alive, both teams coming off of losses and, well, shifts i would say on offense one and an offensive coordinator on your side and uh on the team i cover obviously joe burrow is uh, gonna go on injured reserve and uh, will not be playing for the rest of the season let's start with the steelers firing their offensive coordinator this week it's something fans have been talking about for a ton a long time mm. all season long mm. what's uh what's the mood like right now in pittsburgh that's the thing, you know, with these with these differences we're talking about. Bengals fans are sad. Steelers fans are celebrating. They, they so there's some people out here that are like, I don't know, like this is the time of my life, and I'm like, guys, like relax. It is, I mean, it is insane because it is the first time since 1941 that the Steelers have fired a coach midseason, uh, you know, at this level. So that is that is crazy. But the tone right now with the Steelers is they're not using it as some sort of like, okay, everything's great now. Like everyone's kind of still on edge to the point of like, we have a lot to prove. And I also think it was very interesting. Cam Hayward took to his podcast. And then we spoke to him on Wednesday in the locker room, just talking about like, you know, he's like, listen, it was an acknowledgement that things aren't going well, but Matt Canada busted his butt. It wasn't like he was dumb or, or just do it. Just what he was doing wasn't working for us. And so there's a lot of people there that, that are, that are sad that he's gone. We don't got time to be sad. We got to figure things out. And the Steelers have now turned to a dual role as, as kind of the people who will handle the offense. Eddie Faulkner, the running back coach will be the coordinator who comes up with the game plans and, you know, the, the practice plans throughout the week, as far as what matchups they'll be trying to isolate, what things they'll be working on and what things they can prepare for going into a game. And then, the quarterback's coach, Mike Sullivan, he will be handling the play calling duties. So the Steelers are going to be adjusting to that this this week. And that's going to be very interesting to see because, you know, and Kenny Pickett spoke um, on, uh, on, on Wednesday and said, like, you know, we can't make wholesale changes to a playbook, you know, in week 12 of a season. So that's not what's going to happen. But what is going to happen, and this is what I've been saying all along, the plays as they're designed have been fine. The execution of those plays and how those there and how players respond in certain moments and what keys they're reading, those are the things that have held the Steelers back. And if the if a change at OC and just kind of changing the tone of how the weeks worked, uh, you know, you know, for the Steelers, if that can make the difference, that might make them a little bit better of a passing offense. The running offense, though, 
that has been there. I think there's going to be a big emphasis to keep building on that. They've rushed for over 160 yards for three straight games this year. And we can get to the Bengals run defense in that matchup and who it favors coming up in just a second. Obviously the biggest storyline in Cincinnati, it's Joe Burrow and and Joe Burrow. I, I saw him on Wednesday and that's as we're recording this. He's playing cards in the locker room, has a brace on that throwing hand. Obviously, there's a ligament in his wrist that needs to be repaired. Not sure when he's going to have surgery yet. It's a bummer, and it's uh, it's a shock. I think that the fact that the Bengals had a few more days to process it from that Thursday night game, it does help. Because now they're turning to Jake Browning, a guy that I, I do think there's confidence in. And, and that doesn't mean that he's going to win on Sunday or lead them to a victory five out of seven times. I I don't know. I I don't really have expectations for Jake Browning, but I do think when you ask both on and off the record in general, you want to see if that lines up, if, if what guys are telling you is true or if it's kind of the media speak. And when I I get guys behind closed doors versus the, the on camera, I do think that they believe that they can survive with Jake Browning. And that's not their words. That's my words but survive with Jake Browning at quarterback. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I think this is a really tough spot. Hey, Jake Browning, go start your first NFL game against a hungry Steelers team that's probably as angry about their performance and losing to to Cleveland as, as can be. And T.J. Watt, who is shut out and is probably foaming at the mouth about not uh, about that going into this game. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to not like Browning having to face the Steelers. At the same time, I do think there's some confidence there in – Specifically with him, he's confident in his ability to do what he needs to do to help this team win. And so we'll see. I think it's going to take a complete team effort to overcome losing Joe Burrow. And part of that does start with the, he's the that good. defense element yeah. of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's why you still believe when you're one and three. Mm-hmm. He's why you still believe when you're you're oh and two last year, oh and two this year. And and, and heck, they almost overcame it and, and, and overcame those those starts. But, you know, things happen. And, and so now they're five and five. A win, man, I think it would it would give the Bengals and fans belief that they could still make a run mm-hmm. to the postseason. But if the Steelers just crush them, then I think everyone's going to be thinking about the, the draft in April, which I'm hoping to avoid because as much as I love the draft, I don't love <laughs> six months. Of no. draft coverage, Chris. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is as far as offense goes, I think that's the other element. You, you guys are are tweaking the offense there. The Steelers said that they're tweaking it. They told you that. But the Bengals, I think they're going to tweak some things too. And they won't really admit or tell how they're going to tweak things with Jake Browning. Obviously, you can't mm-hmm. ask him to be Joe Burrow and do what Joe Burrow does. Right. So I, I do think that that's an interesting element. You have two unknowns: the Jake Browning unknown. There's at least some film on him. And then the unknown of this offensive coordinator, almost by committee. I know one's calling plays and one has, but but by committee right. in Pittsburgh. It's, by, it's a by committee, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a really interesting storyline on both sides. Absolutely. And one thing I think will be very interesting to see is with the the, the Bengals' offensive line and what the, you know, and what the, what they're going to be tasked with with that Steelers front a- ahead of them. Um Will they be prioritizing Jake Browning to get the ball out fast? Because that's what the Browns did. They were they were getting the ball out. They were tell, they were telling Dorian Thompson, "Get the ball out in 
two seconds if you if you have to. And TJ Watt still found a way to get a sack in that game. And it was just like that's that's where they're going to. I misspoke about shutout. Steelers fans, sorry, sorry, I misspoke uh, uh, about the shutout. It, it was because uh, of uh, the the snaps against the the rookie from Ohio State. That's why. I, oh, I okay. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, my bad. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't addressing that. I was just saying, like, yeah, I can yeah. see a very similar thing happening this week, and, and that's why I wanted to ask you: Is this a week where the Bengals are going to prioritize getting the ball out fast, or are they going to say, "Hey, Jake, we're going to drop some plays. We're going to max protect because you're going to have Jamar Chase, and that's the guy we want you to get the ball to." Oh no, I think this this needs to be. You get the ball out quick. This needs to be <laughs> under center. Uh, some bootlegs, get you on the move, move the pocket, rely on his sneaky athleticism. That's what mm-hmm. he described his words, even though he didn't understand it necessarily. He said, hey, uh, always uh, under promise, over deliver. <laughs> that's right. And I, I do think Jake Browning is athletic. and that, That's something he brings. And so we'll we'll see there. But that's such that's the the thing. And the offensive line is taking a lot of heat right now in Cincinnati. And so there's no better way to to respond than to have your best run blocking game of the year and to move the pocket, make life easier on your offensive line, get under center, and because it's going to be hard regardless. That's a really tough defensive front. We know it firsthand. We've seen these mat- these teams match up a ton. And so I, I think those are some of the predictable changes that I anticipate that I expect from this Bengals offense. I feel you. I think that, that, that that's something there. Those are certainly the balances you want. The Steelers talk about all the time. If they allow someone to run the ball, it makes it so much easier on the quarterbacks. That's going to be a big focus. Both teams trying to establish and stop the run to make it easier on two quarterbacks, one who's a backup, the other one who's playing like a backup right now. Oh, that's true. Actually, I was yes. going to say shots fired, but he is. Yes. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm and like listen, I, I, Steelers fans. There's some people out there that think I hate Kenny Pickett. I don't. I covered him in college. I, he's a great person, but he would even classify himself. He's not playing up to what he's supposed to be doing. He can change that if he takes the throws that are there, but we can get into more on that in this, in this show. Yeah. Let's get to that with some key matchups coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy the way it should be played. So maybe you're getting ready for your Thanksgiving meal and football's about to come on. Well, you got to download the prize picks app because well, it takes about 60 seconds to enter you pick two to six players and it's you versus the prize picks projections you don't have to worry about thousands of other players and beating them or different sharks that are going to come in and the pros that are in fantasy no 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 it's more than or less than that's it with prize picks so kenny pickett is going to throw for more than his number of passing yards or less than you could go the same with george pickens you could go the same with T. Higgins, if he's able to play. We haven't mentioned that yet, but that's an interesting one we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. The list goes on and on. You can win up to 25 times your money right now with prize picks. So don't delay. Go there. Prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Chris, let's get to. The biggest matchups, and and let's start with that quarterback in, in Pittsburgh. You just mentioned Kenny Pickett playing like a backup. The Bengals obviously have their backup in. What? How, how has Kenny Pickett struggled, or why is he struggling the way he is right now? Matt Canada is probably part of it. That can't be the only reason. Uh, listen, I, I think that there's 
when people, if, if anyone listens to me, they know what I'm about to say. Matt Canada's biggest problems weren't necessarily the designs or the play calls themselves, but I think it's been the teaching and the organization of how to prepare the players to see the play calls as they develop. The Steelers had plenty of opportunities to throw the ball for big gains against the Browns. Plays where the pocket was was protected. Kenny Pickett had time. He had open guys, open tar- open targets in, in reasonable spots, and he just wouldn't throw the ball or he would miss them. And like last week, there was a, a second down play. Deontay Johnson breaks away from Denzel Ward on a slant. No one runs with him. He's got he can he could walk to the end zone if he wanted. Kenny Pickett doesn't even look at him and then spins his way into a sack. And it's plays like that where if he just takes the those basic moments that the Steelers offense provides him. They would have they would have beaten the Browns and dare I say they don't they would have beaten the Jaguars earlier this year. Granted, you know of course he got knocked out of that game, uh, but uh, th- that is where Kenny Pickett has to improve. He is not a guy who has a cannon arm. He's not a guy who has elite speed. He's not a guy who's really tall or big and can take on all the hits like Ben Roethlisberger. His mo in college when I covered him at Pitt was that he saw the field very well and he would take what was there. And eventually, if you had if you had enough on your offense, that could overwhelm you, and he would be a good captain of of the ship at that point. But when you when he can't see the field, none of that can happen. It takes with a foundation of why they drafted him in the first place, and it's why I'm challenged. I tell Steelers fans this because there's some Steelers fans out there that don't that, that don't want to accept that he's been that he's been the problem. They want to say it's all Canada. He's ruining it. And I'm like, well, these plays say otherwise. My thing to Steelers fans, I say is this, is if you actually believe in Kenny Pickett, you need to believe that he can make some of these plays if he executes pro- properly. And maybe it leads to preparation, but that mm-hmm. is where the emphasis has to be this week for Kenny Pickett. How does he look going into this game? How do they, how does he practice? What does he, what does he focus on? If he does those things right, James, then we can start talking about him taking steps forward. Yeah, it, ma- it makes a lot of sense. And I think, from a, my vantage point, this is this is the time because you're going up against a Bengals defense, and we'll get to the run defense, 31st in the league. They've struggled to tackle, and so you can lean on the run here. They've also given up big explosive plays, and that's mm. something that the Bengals are hoping to correct. But I look at an offense that has, and Bengals fans are going to hate this, but I, I look at an offense that has George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. I know Pat Fryermuth's been hurt, but Pat Fryermuth, mm-hmm. I think, that Warren kid, man, I was watching those runs He's last tough. week. I'm like, oh, that dude. All right. And Najee Harris is at least a big dude. So mm-hmm. he can be, he can do something. Like there's talent on that offense. And so I, I think this is an interesting test for the Bengals defense because you have an offense that has struggled. They might get in a shot, a, a shot in the arm because they don't have their coordinator now. And so how do you respond? Because if you paint the Bengals' path to the playoffs now without Joe Burrow, I think it's pretty simple. You got to evolve on offense and be less pass centric, but you still got to utilize your weapons in the passing game. And then on defense, your defense is going to have to be much more stout and and not just not give up yards and big plays and then sometimes get stops in the red zone or force turnovers, but actually be stout and stingy and tough to go against. And so can they evolve? Can they do that starting in this game where I'm expecting it to be a defensive heavy game? for both teams where these defenses dominate more so um, than the offense. You know, I'm not expecting a 30 to 28 game. It's just not, not no. what I'm anticipating. So we'll see there, but yeah, this Bengals defense, they've been beat downfield and they're going to get tested. And I, I think Cam Taylor Britt's nicked up this week with the quad. If mm. he can play, that's a big injury to watch. Uh, on, on the other side, I, I saw George Pickens missed Wednesday. Is there any, any concern there with that shin that he could be out? Uh, I, I don't get that sense. I get the sense that it's more so 
Um, I, it, it's just a precautionary thing. It wasn't a big – and Mike Tomlin, when we spoke to him, he went over injuries, and he just said there are bumps and bruises. The main one to to, to watch are Minka Fitzpatrick, who didn't practice uh, again with the hamstring, and Montrevious Adams, who was limited in practice. Um, Adams had been out with an ankle injury. He practiced – uh on um on wednesday we'll see how he continues but Minka fitzpatrick he's the one to really watch george pickens i think will be fine today was the day where a lot of people rested if they didn't if they wanted them to but if Minka fitzpatrick can practice by friday he'll play because they they trust his leadership and his ability to jump into any situation but everyone else other than montrevious adams i think should be a go for the steelers unless there's some setback that we haven't heard of yet yeah that's a big that's a big matchup in and of itself, Minka Fitzpatrick versus Jake Browning, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the way Minka plays and tries to would try to bait him and all of those things. Uh, just injuries-wise while we're on the topic, T. Higgins didn't practice on Wednesday. I think he has a shot to play. We'll see. It's a hamstring. He's missed two games. Mm. Cam Taylor, but I mentioned him. He missed with a quad. I think there's still a shot. We'll see. Uh, Sam Hubbard. He's missed the past two games with an ankle injury. He was limited. I was told earlier this week he was progressing, and he's got a, a real chance to play. So uh, on track for that. So getting Sam Hubbard back would obviously be big for this defense, and especially if they want to try to slow down that rushing attack for the Steelers. But it's uh, th- there's there's a lot of injuries to monitor throughout the week, so keep it locked here on Locked on Steelers, Locked on Bengals. Th- the other matchup is that T.J. Watt matchup to me. Mm. And Cam Hayward. But, you know, if you want to talk about the the Steelers defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line, you can't, if you're the Bengals, let those guys wreck the game. And TJ Watt has wrecked plenty of games against the Bengals. And so that's a matchup. If if you can get the Jake Browning early and, and make him uncomfortable, make him feel you, then that could be a long day for this Bengals offense. If not, and he can get into a rhythm a bit. Or get the get rid of the ball fast, and this defense can step up. I, I can see paths to, to the Bengals being able to execute enough on offense, but that is such a huge key, I think, for both sides. Yeah, I agree. That's a huge. That's a huge factor here is trying to, um, you know, trying to be able to actually get you know, change the game. Another guy to watch out for is Alex Highsmith, and because he's the only, he's the bookend yeah. of TJ Watt. He's been Oof. just just as damaging at times, yeah. and I think that's where. Uh, that's where the Steelers are starting to figure out. I'd also say watch out for another guy from Wisconsin who's emerged in the Steelers defense, and that's Keanu Benton. Uh, he's become a starter in the, on the defensive front. And we I talked think, about him during draft time on on our pod. So man, yeah. he he listen. I went to the combine when I spoke to him. I'm like that guy sounds like a Steeler. Just the way that he spoke, the way he carried himself. I'm like, not only will they, and and I mean in that in the sense that. Not only does he play the way that they want, he, they wanted a big physical dude, but the way he carries himself, it just it reminds me of like Cam Hayward with how smart he is on his feet, how funny and relatable he can be, but then how all that goes away and he wants to just take your lunch when he get when he gets when he meets you. So um I just I look at that and I say, man, like there's that you know, there's a lot going on there that has really helped the Steelers defense. And now, you know, you got Joey Porter Jr. who's been playing well at cornerback, and you have you have that there behind the behind those guys. But yeah, the big key for the Steelers is up front. If the Bengals can find a way to neutralize the edge rushers and kind of keep the other pass rushers at bay, that's your best plan there. And that's where the teams that have beaten the Steelers have done have done well uh, for the most part. The Texans and the Niners, they had plans that kind of isolated the edge rushers for the most part. T.J. Watt still got three sacks against the Niners. Uh, but uh, the Texans especially, they tried to – they said, hey, you know what, we're going to either get the ball out quick 
and we're, or we're going to call draws and screens that kind of keep you away, or we're going to max protect, and the max protect is going to focus on the edges because you're not beating us with those guys. Those have been the game plans that have given the Steelers more trouble, um, but at the same time, they've started to adapt with it with guys like Benton, like Hayward coming back because he missed the first half of the season, and now Landon Roberts, who's played very well at linebacker, he's been another factor for the Steelers to help there. That is where I think the Bengals, if you're trying to find a weakness in the Steelers' defense, seeing if you can get to the other linebacker that isn't Landon Roberts, because Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander went out and 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 sequence in back-to-back weeks for the Steelers, and now they're scrambling for a linebacker. There's a chance they go get Shaq Leonard. That might be a real thing because they need someone there because they had a guy, Mark Robinson, who was a seventh-round pick last year. Hasn't really did worked clear, out. Did he clear waivers? He cleared waivers like just okay. before we started recording. So yeah, who knows by the, by the time we're not in linebacker, we're not in the linebacker market. So I knew yeah. it, I'm not even really paying attention, but that it's crazy. He got released. That's perfect. It's, for the Steelers. Yeah. That is, it, it would be the perfect storm for the Steelers to, to sign. I think, I honestly think that they are, they're, they're making some phone calls right now to see like, Hey, is he healthy? Because we don't want to sign a guy and then he never plays. Uh, but I think that that's where that's what they, they'd be looking at there because right now their backup linebacker is Michael Walker, who's came off the practice squad. It was, you know, he got a hundred tackles for the Falcons the other year, but there's a reason he was on the practice squad. So if I'm the Bengals, I'm trying to find ways to isolate that backup linebacker position um, and see if I can get that guy to make more mistakes. Roberts, he's been on it this year. He's been very good run game. Go that way. Try to isolate that part, that part of the defense. Up next, we'll share the path to victory for both teams and make a prediction for Sunday's matchup in a Thanksgiving edition of the Locked on Bengals and Steelers podcast. All right, Chris, let's uh, let's do it here. The path to victory for the Steelers and the post. Well, in the Kenny Pickett era without the, the coordinator that held him back. Look at me being nice to, to all the Steelers fans that love Kenny Pickett and uh, Hate the coordinator. Uh, what was his name again? Canada, Matt Canada. It's Matt Canada, yeah. There you go, Matt Canada. I'd already forgot about him. Anyways, all right. So the post-Canada Steelers, they get a win on Sunday if? I think the biggest thing is they got to be able to run the football and they got to be able to get after the quarterback. Those two factors, they're in, they're in the running here. Now, the thing is, they need Kenny Pickett to also not mess the game up because Kenny Pickett has been very good <laughs> at not throwing the interceptions. I think he's gone five straight games. I may be talking on my butt there, uh, but I think he he has gone. He's gotten to a point where Kenny Pickett is protecting the football at a very at a very good rate. He's just also not throwing touchdowns at a historic rate. He has the lowest touchdown percentage of any quarterback that's played as many snaps as his in NFL history right now, and uh, that's just that that's just part of it. But they need him to be able to take a shot. And yeah, I think it's now six. He hasn't thrown. Games. It's six. He hasn't thrown an interception since the Texans game. Four that's on crazy. The year. That's yeah, exactly October first. October that's how that that would be great if he was lighting it up elsewhere. Like if he was if he was throwing touchdowns, Kenny Pickett would be an MVP conversations because he's not turning the ball over. But he his rating is seventy nine, and he's not exactly turning the ball over. That's insane. It, that's <laughs> insane. And and that that's what I'm saying is that if he can just take the little things that are offered to him in the steel in the Steelers' yeah. offense, I think the last time that he actually played, I think a good game was the Rams game where he really came on in the fourth quarter and you saw some things going there. He did enough to survive against the Titans and enough to survive against the, against the Packers. Uh, but he was abysmal against the Browns. He was, uh, he was knocked out of the Jaguars game. So we didn't get to see really what happened there because he took a late hit there. But um, I think that what Kenny Pickett has to be able to do is again, just take what's there and then 
everything else will start to come into play because, like you said, the Bengals run defense 31st in the NFL right now. The Steelers' run offense is still working it out, but it's six, it's three straight weeks of 160-plus yards. They just ran for 170-plus on the Browns. That's that's the most anyone's allowed. They, the, um, their Packers and the Titans, the, run, the numbers they put up again are the second most that either of those defenses have allowed, and a lot of that's behind Broderick Jones, the rookie they drafted, starting at right tackle, and they've been using him in all these different ways. He gets to the second level. He blocks, he blocks the edge rusher. He pulls to the inside, pulls to the outside. And they're building off of that. And now the team is finding, you know, Najee Harris gets what he gets. Jalen Warren gets what he gets. And they're a thunder and lightning package. That is the key for the Steelers. Base the offense off of them. Kenny Pickett just asked to win in a small sample size. Defense, stop the run and get, out, get after Browning and bring the pass rush. That is the game that they want to play and keep it at that pace. What is what would be the Bengals' path here? Real quick, is this Pickett's last, not last chance because he'll probably get another chance. But if he struggles, could you see he, Trubisky next if week? If he if he struggles, it depends on how he struggles. If he throws like turnovers, then yeah. we'd be talking about something there because then I think they might it might be like a hey Kenny, we just need you to sit down for a little bit and and, and rethink some things here, but. If he if it's another game where it's like, you know, he's, you know, 19 of 30 the way he was against the Titans. Um, and and, and I think that the Steelers also prior, you know, have a prioritize. How do you play in the weighty moments? And that's where even in some of those games like the Rams game, like the Ravens game when they won earlier this year, he wasn't great throughout it. But in the fourth quarter, when they needed key drives, he made some great throws. And the Titans game was another one where he, he there were some moments where you're like, that's if you could just do that more consistently, you will be a good quarterback. That's where it is. I think for them to bench him, he would need to start committing a lot of turnovers because they, they again, they know with the way they're running the ball now and the way they're playing defense, just the quarterback just needs to not lose them most games. I think if Burrow was playing, that'd be a different story with, with this. They need a lot more than that. But with the way that, that the, the Bengals are look, look the rest of the year, they still have to play the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Colts, the Seahawks. A lot of those games can be won just like that if he if he if he just again takes what's available and what defenses give him in, in on, on a regular situation. All right. So getting to your the the Bengals and what has to happen for the Bengals and, and them getting a win, improving to six and five, and kind of riding the ship after what's been a, a really rough 10 days, I would say, for the team, dating back to their loss to Houston. To me, it starts with the defense. You mentioned Kenny Pickett turnovers. They got to find a way to force turnovers. This can't be a seventh straight game without any Kenny Pickett interceptions. This defense has been really good at forcing turnovers. That has to continue. Give your offense some short fields, get off the field, put the pressure on this Pittsburgh defense or this Pittsburgh team and this Pittsburgh offense to execute. At the same time, you need Jake Browning to take care of the ball. You're going to get sacked. You're going to get hit. Things aren't going to go right. There's going to be some three and outs. It's going to be frustrating. It's a really good Steelers front. Don't explode or, or implode. Excuse me. Don't implode. I, I where you have the, the, the two turnovers, the sack fumble. The, the the really bad interception where you underthrow Jamar Chase or you're not on the same page as one of these uh, dynamic receivers that you have. If they do that, I, I think that's a start. The other part of this is the offense has to evolve. This is not the Joe Burrow Bengals. So, like I said, the, the bootlegs, the, the under center run game, uh, maybe they can get the run game going a bit more to take some pressure off of him, maybe utilize the play action a bit. Getting the ball out of his hands fast is obviously a huge key. All of these things – 
come down to, all right, can you keep the score low and can you win the turnover battle? Because if you do those two things mm-hmm. and the score is low, well, then Jamar Chase has a chance to make a play. Exactly. Or, or T. Higgins, if he's out there, has a chance to make a play. Your dynamic players have a chance to go do what they do. Uh, Trey Hendrickson can go get that sack, that, that, that strip sack that you need to put them in position for the game-winning field goal. Like I, I think that this is going to be a one-possession game for a, a lot of the game as long as the Bengals don't implode. I don't think the Steelers will because they've they had the the Fire Canada moment and, yeah. and, and the bleep just hit the fan. So now I, I think that they're going to be pretty focused and dialed in. I, I don't think that they're just going to lay a complete egg on offense. But if the Bengals can weather the storm when there are storms, not have the huge turnover that gives the Steelers all the momentum, because there will be some Steelers fans in the crowd, you know it, at Paycourt Stadium, then, then I, I think that you can look up and it's 16-13 to 13, or it's 13-13 to 13, or 16-16 and you have a shot. And I think that's all you can really ask for after the week that you've had. And, uh, and so I, I think that's the path. I think that this is going to be a close game. I'll just get right into the prediction. I, I think that they have a shot here. I wonder about the defense. Can this defense do enough? It's a bad offense in Pittsburgh. I like some of the talent. Mm-hmm. It's a bad offense. It's a bad offense. Right a bad offense. And, and so can this defense do enough? Sam Hubbard coming back. Will he be close to 100%? Will Cam Taylor Britt? There's just a lot of ifs for the Bengals. And so I think it's going to be a field goal game. It's Wednesday. I'm leaning Steelers by a field goal. We'll see if I change at all, but that's that's where I'm at. I do think the Bengals keep it close. They'll have a chance to win. I'm just not sure that they'll have enough to get it done, especially with a, a Steelers defense that I think is just playing flat out better than what the Bengals have done defensively, even though the Bengals have forced a bunch of turnovers. That's the thing. That's what I, was, I was just about to bring that up. These are the two best turnover teams in the NFL. The Steelers are plus 11. The Bengals are plus 10. Both teams protect the ball and pri- prioritize getting the ball. And that was something I talked about on with Ben Baby from ESPN about, man, what do the Bengals do? Like, they give up a lot of yards in the ground. They haven't been great in the air, but they find ways to get their fifth in turnovers created this, this, this year. Um, and – you were talking about the opportunities there. That's one thing that both these teams do well. And I think that's going to be that, that one of those key matchups that it's not necessarily an X's and O's thing. It's going to be about, man, which players can take advantage of, of the mistakes at the right moments in those situations. Now, I'll say this, and this is where I get my prediction. I think the Steelers, they, this is their bread and butter. This is who they've been since 2021. So, like, I think that's where I give them the advantage. They've played like this for years now because they've been waiting for a quarterback situation to improve. I take the Steelers. I got them winning 20 to 15 weird scoring. Don't ask me how the Bengals get 15. It's going to be weird. It's, it's been all this. It's been five, all field goals. Get, get five field goals. Get fantasy stock. Go ahead. I'm telling you, it's going to be a weird score, but I got the Steelers winning just because they're used to this type of football. But uh, James, you saw the video I posted about the uh, Brown, my Browns and Bengals Brown Steelers prediction last week, as far as low scoring. It's going to be a similar type of ugly game this week. Yeah. Ugly, defensive-driven football coming to Paycor Stadium on Sunday. We will have you covered, of course, on Locked on Bengals and Locked on Steelers. And, Chris, this was a lot of fun, my man. We uh, we have to do this in less than a month because they put Bengals-Steelers wrapped up in, in less than a, a month span. So can't wait for that. He is uh, Chris Carter. I'm James Rapine. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Podcast Network.